Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt. Hey, it's Grigor Dimitrov. Hi, I'm Nick Kyrgios. Hi, I'm Stan Wawrinka. And you're listening to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. 15 I love the tournament here. This is where I won my first ATP match here when I was 18 years old. I was given a wild card here. I love the courts. I love the club. And, um, you know, the crowd was, it was packed from the, the very first Monday right through to the end of the tournament. And it's a pleasure to play in front of a, a full crowd like that. I'm David Law, joined by Catherine Whittaker, who spoke to Murray on court. And Murray explained how he dealt with the massive Anderson serve. You know, I just guessed on a few shots in the games where I broke and, you know, got a little bit lucky and I served well. British Davis Cup captain Leon Smith has been watching Murray for years and he reckons he's never looked better. I think he is playing the best tennis on grass courts. The Andy Murray over the course of the last three years, I think, has been the best grass court player. And, and I think he's, he's, gonna, he's shown that this week. This is the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, live from Queens. Well, Andy Murray is a four-time champion at the Aegon Championships. He joins Andy Roddick, Leighton Hewitt, Boris Becker, John McEnroe, Roy Emerson as players that have lifted that trophy on four occasions at the Queen's Club. And Catherine Whitaker. I don't think any of those players, even at their best, would have stopped him today. That's how good he was. It's, well, I mean, I struggle to explicitly disagree with you because uh, Murray was utterly sensational today. I can't, I can't say anything negative about Murray's play. However, I, I think that's kind of an impossible comparison to make, isn't oh, it? I quite like the time machine tennis stuff, don't you? I do, but there's never any answer to it, is there? It's all just hypothetical, you know, you don't really... It, it's speculation. It's enjoyable speculation, but you, but you don't really get anywhere, so... Well, you just take my word for it. OK, well, mm, well... Anyway, what did Andy Murray do between matches, do you think, today? Because he had to play Victor Troichki and come out at three games all, and he was firing on all cylinders right from the beginning, wasn't he? But then, you know, he had to fight his way through that second set knowing that he's still got a match to play. I mean, how hard do you push yourself? That's the question I was wondering when I was watching him. Do you, do you go all out to try to win that first match and then hope you've got enough left, or do you actually really keep something in reserve? Of course you do. Of course you do. Imagine if he had not gone all out. 
in that semi-final against Viktor Troitschki and not won it and been sitting at home tonight going, well, I just sort of assumed that I, you know, would make the final and not... Can you imagine how he'd feel? Of course he went all out. He just, frankly, as, as much as I give Viktor Troitschki enormous credit for what he's done this week and the last few weeks, Murray is a better player. And uh, he he did what he needed to do to win it. And uh, had he kept more in reserve, he he might have got himself into a bit of trouble and ended up in a third set and uh, having to expend even more energy before the final. So, of course, he had to go for it. And uh, I think what he did between matches just shows what a professional he is. It's all about, it's all about the physio work. He's so professional about that. Um, and it's... Uh, and it, it, very, he's very generous about paying tributes to his uh, to his team in his post match press conference, and he he was very keen to do that after after the final today. It was it was interesting to hear from him. Some of the journalists, I think, were wondering whether maybe actually this benefits you, Andy, because you almost play yourself into the day and and so forth. And obviously, he won all of the sets that he played, but he wasn't having any of that, was he? He felt as though at the age he is now, late 20s, maybe that's not as easy as it used to be. No, of course not. I mean, I think... Imagine imagine going flat out at the gym twice in one day. I, mean, I can't. No, well, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's not going for a light stroll. It's expending everything you have. Um, that's what you need to... You know, these are the latter stages of a top-level tennis tournament. These are the the best players in the world at what they do. It's not... he. As I said, he wasn't going out there thinking, oh, I can just stroll through this. Viktor Troitschki was... He is a good tennis player on grass, and he posed a real challenge today. And he had to play really well to beat him. And uh, I think it's a real credit to Murray, because, yes, had he just been playing the final today, he, yes, he would have practised beforehand. He probably would have been on the court for half an hour, 45 minutes. It is not the same. It is not the same. I think just the tension you feel in your body... I'm saying this as if it's something I felt before. It is not. Apart from against but, me at the uh, Royal Abattoir, obviously. I can imagine, and I've seen enough tennis to to guess that the tension you feel in your body, it puts a stress in your body that is completely different to practice, just purely by virtue of it being a match situation. So don't dismiss it as, oh, he was only on court for, for less than an hour against Viktor Troitschki, because uh, it... it was a big factor, him having to play twice today. However, that all said, I have to say, I might have to just take issue with Andy Bowie a little bit. And, I mean, look, he's the boss. He knows it's his body. It's his game. I do think he ended up playing even better for having got on the courts late morning and played himself in, and he was wired in. He wasn't doing anything else with his day. He was a tennis player ready to go in a battle, and I think it actually helped him. Well, he certainly looked like he was in a hurry, didn't he? He certainly looked like a man that was thinking, God, I've played enough tennis today, I just want to get this over with, because he was blooming brilliant. I know everybody is now talking up Andy Murray's chances at Wimbledon, and I know that's very easy to do, especially given that he hasn't played any of, any of the top guys this week. And of course, that's a bigger test. And of course, the fact that he hasn't beaten Djokovic in, since the Wimbledon 2013 final. But the fact that he himself is saying to Sue Barker in the on-court interview afterwards, I'm playing better tennis than I was in 2013. Yes, we've all been saying that, watching him this week in, in, in France, saying it looks like he's been playing better tennis than he was in 2013. I think the fact that he's saying it and isn't afraid of 
how much that will stoke the fires of everybody talking about his Wimbledon chances. The fact that he's not afraid of that. He knows. He knows what that will lead to. He knows that every paper tomorrow morning is going to say, Andy Murray's going to win Wimbledon. And we're saying it now. He doesn't mind that because he thinks, yeah, maybe I will win Wimbledon again this year. Well, the British Davis Cup captain Leon Smith is a guest of the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast later. It's a subject we touched on with him, and he was very much of a similar opinion. We'll also be hearing from Andy Murray, who spoke to Catherine Whitaker on the court straight after his victory. But first, in his final Aegon Championships, we're going to remember Leighton Hewitt. Legends of Queens. Leighton Hewitt. Hewitt arrived at the Queen's Club as a 17-year-old in 1998. Back to front cap, ponytail sticking out, and you could hear him from the other side of the club. He won the tournament a record equaling four times. Here's John Barrett. I remember going to Adelaide to watch him prepare for the Australian Championships and play Agassiz, and he beat him. But here at Queen's Club, to be able to return as consistently as he did, he was in a groove which had been coming on all week. And I remember in the final, he was timing it effortlessly and actually stepping in to meet the ball on his returns, which seemed amazing. Sampras was shocked, I think, shocked. When I beat Pete Sampras in, in the first final there in Queens, um, it was a really hot summer's day in England, which was uh, surprising. I just remember in the warm-up, Pete's uh, sliced backhand, how much it was skidding through and staying so low and you know, I just kept shaking my head thinking how the hell am I going to keep getting this back all day and I was able to actually win in straight sets and uh, you know, some of my best returning has ever been done on, on that centre court at Queen's Club. Hewitt was a competitor like none other. He never knew when he was beat and he was absolutely determined to win every point. I can't believe it. We're not going to see him here again. No, it doesn't quite feel real. Well, he might come back, but he's not going to play, is he? No, well, that's a very good point, because I, I cannot imagine a Leighton Hewitt that's not involved in tennis. He will be here as Davis Cup to cap. He's not just going to go back to his house and twiddle his thumbs, is he? I mean, he, he will be in and around tennis for as long as he's able to. So, yes, it's sad that we're not going to see him on the court, but we'll see him in various players' boxes and on the tournament director's balcony. And Could you imagine, as a coach, imagine what he'd be like. He'd be oh, I want to see that. And I think you will see that, yeah. I think we're going to see exactly what that will... I mean, he's, he's the Davis Cup captain's job is there for him when he wants it, isn't he? So that's sort of a, that's a coaching role in itself. And I'm sure if and when that comes to an end, he will. he's a ready-made coach, isn't he? He's a fantastic analyst of the game. He's really insightful on commentary. He does, he's even in the latter stages of his career, he's been, been doing commentary for Channel 7 in Australia. And I have to say... He has really surprised me in how good he is. Not that I thought he'd be bad, but it takes a real level of skill to be as good at it as he is. You know, he's has potential to be up to John McEnroe level of, of insight into the game. He really is sensational. Well, that says everything. Well, whatever you do, Leighton, everybody at the Aegon Championships at the Queen's Club wishes you all the best. Now, after Andy Murray's victory to win his fourth title at the Queen's Club... Catherine Whittaker went on to that sacred grass and spoke to him. 
A record equaling fourth title here, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed this tournament. Um, like I, I said just now in the presentation, it was where I won my first ATP match. So I have really good memories from here. I always enjoy coming back and, you know, it's, it's the perfect tournament to, to prepare for Wimbledon. The courts are, I mean, this year they were, I think, better than, than usual and normally they're, they're fantastic. So it was yeah, a very good week and nice to finish it with the win. As you said, Wimbledon's just around the corner. You've just carved up one of the best servers on the tour. How good a marker of your form is that? Carved up um, <laughs> is a wrong way of putting it. I mean, it was tough. I mean, I, I played a couple of good return games, but outside of that, it was, it was tricky because he served. It felt like a very high percentage of first serves. And, um, you know, I just guessed on a few shots in the games where I broke and, you know, got a little bit lucky. And... Um, I served well my, myself today, um, so probably the, the best I'd served through, throughout the tournament. I didn't serve loads of aces, but my placement was good and variety was good. So, um, yeah, it's a tough match because Kevin's played very well this week. He struggled in his first round match against Hugh. He was match points down, but then after that, had some very good wins. So uh, it was a good, good one to, to get through before Wimbledon. And just finally, you've won this tournament every other year since 2011. What is it about odd years that you like so much I don't you know I don't know I think you know I would say that this year I mean obviously that's just coincidence but you know this year it really helped um, you know having the the extra week uh, to prepare um, you know the the last time that I uh, I won it in 2013 um, you know I didn't play the French Open so I had time to Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com tennis. That's homechef.com tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Pair on the grass. 
this year the same, whereas last year I lost in the semis in Paris on Friday and then take a couple of days off and you only have one or two days to get ready, whereas it helps that this year you know, I had sort of seven, eight days before my, my first match on the grass and it makes a big difference. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. So Andy Murray will move onwards to Wimbledon. Now, in our Moet Moment Challenge, it's the man that Andy Murray beat in the semi-finals, Viktor Trojicki of Serbia. Your Aegon Championship Moet Moment 60-second challenge starts now. Who won the Aegon Championships here at Queen's last year? Gregor Dimitrov. Correct. Who won it two years ago? Andy Murray. Correct. How many Grand Slam titles has Andy Murray won? Two. Correct. Which former Wimbledon champion did Nick Kyrgios beat at Wimbledon last year? Rafa Nadal. Correct. When did Boris Becker win his first Wimbledon? 88. No, 85. Oh. When you win your biggest title, what will you drink to celebrate? Moet. <laughs> okay. How old was Leighton Hewitt when he won at Queen's for the first time? Mm, 20. 19. Oh. How many times has Andy Roddick beaten the Wimbledon final? Three. Correct. How many Queen's titles has Tim Henman won? Zero. Correct. All right. <laughs> Which two players who are playing at Queen's this week reached the Wimbledon semi-finals for the first time last year? Dimitrov Raonic. Correct. And finally, what was the score in the fifth set when John Isner beat Nicholas Mahout at Wimbledon? 71-69. 70-68. 70-68. So Victor Trojicki wasn't that successful on the court today, but he didn't do too badly at the moment challenge, did he? Now, after Andy Murray's victory, I went down into the player lounge where I found the great Britain Davis Cup captain, Leon Smith, who was pretty excited with the way Andy Murray had played. Well, down in the player lounge at the moment, there are really only the groups, the support groups of Kevin Anderson, the beaten finalist, and Andy Murray, many of them still sitting around chatting through what has gone on over the last couple of hours. The wonderful performance of Andy Murray is at the top of the list of conversation at the moment. And one man who's joined us here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, who is sitting front row as part of Andy's support team, was the Great Britain Davis Cup captain, Leon Smith. And Leon, that was pretty special. I mean... It really was. I mean, we saw Andy Murray. Is it back to his best or is it better? I mean, I think he alluded to that in his uh, post-match comments. I mean, he is playing very, very well. He's playing well with his serve. I mean, his stats from his serve are excellent. His second serve, which is often talked about, was much increased on its speed. But it was his aggression. His, his, uh, his aggression after serve on his ground strokes, going after it, coupled with some fantastic drop shots, low slice, so that combination of aggression with his variety is, is looking really, really good. Judy was on the show a couple of days ago. She said that one of the things she's really enjoyed about the last year in which Amelie Moresmo has been in his corner is that he's brought back his variety into his game, his creativity, and that is in no way meant to criticise the work done by Ivan Lendl, obviously, which led to two Grand Slam titles and Olympic gold. But it seems to me, not only has he got those things, he's using them aggressively. Well, I think that's the key, isn't it? I think it's using variety in an offensive way. It's not when you're perhaps you know, sitting too deep behind the baseline and try a drop shot from there. It's about picking the right times to be aggressive with the variety. So you do it all in your terms, and that's what Andy's brought into his game. I and mean, I think what Ivan Lendl installed was the need to be aggressive on certain shots so you hit a big first serve you have that slightly easier forehand well you go after it you pull the trigger that's that's really important but I think what he's managed to do with Moresmo is 
bring back the understanding of when to use your variety because it's such a weapon and it's in Andy's DNA Andy enjoys playing that way and if he's going to have a long career he needs to do a lot in his terms and the way he wants to play um, so I think you've, you've really hit the, the nail on the head by saying it's actually using the variety when he's in an offensive situation If Andy Murray played against Andy Murray of 2013 who won Wimbledon who would win? I, I actually think he's I think he's playing a little bit better now um, but I think Andy would also say that so are the other players and I think that's an important point this is why we all I mean our, our respect for these guys especially in the top five top four they just keep nudging up getting better and better Novak Djokovic is a better player than two three years ago he's got better he hires Boris Becker he adds things to his game Andy Murray's done the same over the years with Ivan Lendl and Amelie Moresmo and now Jonas Bjorkman. They're just adding bits to their game, so I think the whole level's gone up by all of them. That all being said, I heard you on Radio 5 Live earlier on today, BBC Radio 5 Live, who I'll be working for during Wimbledon, as you will a little bit, I think, as well. And I heard that you said Andy Murray is your pick for the Wimbledon title. Yeah, I should probably whisper it. Um, I think he is. I mean, you know, it sometimes doesn't do many favours putting someone out there, but why not? I think uh, I think he is playing the best tennis on grass courts. Um, you know, I, I take last year aside. That's a different Andy Murray coming back from his uh, his surgery. The Andy Murray over the course of the last three years, I think, has been the best grass court player, and and I think he's he's going to sh- he's shown that this week. Okay, not everyone's been in his pathway to 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 really confirm that. But I think at Wimbledon we'll see Andy really challenging for that title. We're going to be back here, aren't we? In about six weeks' time, a month's time, something like that, to see the Davis Cup. We'll be watching. You'll be picking the team, preparing the team. And imagine that work has already started this week. It sure has. I mean, it's, this, this is why this event here at Queen's is so brilliant. You get to, to watch a lot of the French players who have played here. Um, so guys like Gilles Simon have managed to scout and Gasquet scouting doubles teams Mahou and Herbert playing here have managed to watch Shardy was here so you get to pick up a lot of information and of course it's all relevant very relevant because it's on the court we're going to be playing on um, and for Andy um, it couldn't have been any better memories for when we come back here in a few weeks time and I just saw uh, the head groundsman and I shook his hand and I said look whatever you do do not change the length of the grass whatever it is keep as is it's working so I hope it remains that way yes because Gilles Simon I mean obviously I think most people look at the French team and the first names that the eye is drawn to are probably people like Gaël Monfils and Joe Wilfred Songa but Gilles Simon this week wow he played some great tennis and, and he's actually someone who plays well on all surfaces and because Songa is still nursing uh, abdominal injury Monfils hurt himself this week out in Halle, moving into, I think, a sideboard, and he had picked up an injury. So if those guys aren't fit and ready for Wimbledon, it probably rules them out. It could rule them out. And that means Simons is probably one of the players in the driving seat. But they have a lot to choose from. And as you mentioned, the doubles pairing of... uh Mahu and Herbert are out there at the moment in the doubles final, so they clearly have a great option there, and that's not the only one. No, absolutely, and Mahu winning a singles title last week as well on grass is really pushing himself. He may even feature in the singles the rate he's going. It really is It's quite difficult for us to know which way they'll go, which is why we've got to do our homework on all the players, even if it's a 7, 8, 9 list. Uh, for ours, it's a little bit narrower, obviously, um, but uh, I think we should go into the tie with a lot of confidence because, you know, although they've got great depth, we've got Andy Murray, who is playing, you know, significantly better than any of the players on their team. And we've got a very good 
doubles options, whether it was, you know, Andy and Dom had a run out here this week. Dom hasn't played for, Dom Inglot, that is, hasn't played for a good sort of 10, 12 weeks. Um, so he'll find his feet again. He's playing with Jamie Murray in Nottingham this week. So that's another combo. We, we obviously had good memories of their very close match against the Bryans. We could have Andy and Jamie playing. So we've got many options to choose from. And in our number two single spot, whether it's James Ward or Kyle Edmund that, 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 that get the, the selection for that, you know, we saw what James Ward's capable of in Glasgow. He's been a top 20 player in John Isner, who's had a fine last six, seven weeks. So it's um, it's an exciting tie. It's a close tie. And I think it's it's going to be fantastic coming back to the centre court at Queen's for it. Would it be fair to say that second single spot is still up for grabs, particularly given that Wimbledon is about to start? Yeah, it is. I mean, we've got um, about to get a train actually right now up to Nottingham uh, tonight so I can get ready to watch James, Kyle, Ali Ashbedeen as well is, is up there playing. So we've got some Brits in action at an ATP event tomorrow, which is good. And then Wimbledon's important because both Kyle and James have had some injuries and niggles and aches and pains and we need to see the form of everybody. And what's better than a best-of-five set match against quality opposition on grass to to fight for selection and that's what it should be you should be fighting like anything for your for your your wins at Wimbledon to fight for a place in the team it's it's really what it should be all be about it's a thrilling prospect Leon thanks for joining us thank you very much Leon Smith the captain of the Great Britain Davis Cup team there and he has got a heck of a task on his hands over the next month hasn't he trying to pick the right team and also trying to scout the opponents because they could come up with just about any permutation imaginable with the amount of players they've got. Well, exactly. It's almost... Uh, it's, it's an incredibly interesting tie because it's a total contrast. It's, uh, it's Great Britain where the top player picks himself and uh, there, there are other question marks that go on elsewhere in the team, but uh, Andy Murray is so far and away the best player that that's, that's not even a discussion. In the French team, there's so much going on with um, the various players. There are a number of players clustered in very similar places in the rankings, and each of them has very differing, differing records on grass. I mean, Guillaume Fils on grass is, is not, not well proven, shall we say. Uh, Gilles Simon was very honest yesterday in press, saying he basically played here in order to give himself an opportunity to prove himself for the Davis Cup, which is, first of all, an indication of how much it means, how important it is, and also an indication of, well, surely he's made the strongest case possible, really, to be picked for that team. So, um, I mean, Guillaume Fils, it looks touch and go, if not more unlikely than not, that he's not even going to be fit for it, which is devastating for him but uh it's there's just so much intrigue everywhere there's not enough time for me to talk about how much intrigue there is will murray play the doubles it's such a big big question isn't it and i think think the answer to it is probably if he needs to he will if it's one after one all after day one he has to play the doubles there's plenty of time for us to talk about it. Don't you worry. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be coming to you from Wimbledon. Every single day, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph during Wimbledon and every day at the Davis Cup too. Now, challenge Catherine. Why are you smiling? Because it should no longer be called Challenge Catherine. It should be called Wahoo Catherine. Because... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm not quite as rubbish at predicting things as uh, as 
you and uh, the listening public thought I was. I don't want to be too triumphant about this because I know that darker times are probably ahead for my And I haven't had a go. But, but this week, it has gone well. It has gone undeniably well. And I it's a stunning to... fight back, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll say. I mean, it seems that the trajectory for me is up. I sort of get into my predictions as the tournament goes on. So. You're the Gilles Simon of predictions. <laughs> the Gilles Simon. Yeah, I come back from match point down every time. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm quietly... Smug. My, I'm quietly smug, but not getting ahead of myself because I know that it's probably not a sign of things to come. Indeed. This is the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 